Yeah, we're ready. Hello, Blake. Hello, Johnny. Remember, you guys are recording. I'm not here. <laughs> Blake, you gonna scratch my back? You want me to? Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the All Star Comics Podcast, powered by Horizon Comics. I'm your host, Jonathan Cote, and joining us on the panel tonight are Joey Naminsky, Roger May, and Johnny Morales. And not producing tonight is Matt because he's taking a vacation, so we're going to skip the whole hi, Matt. Say hi, Blake, who's just, just hanging hanging out. Hey, guys. <laughs> um, if this is your first time listening to the show, we are a review slash spoiler podcast, so we're going to review some books. We typically do a DC book, a Marvel book, and an independent book, along with a graphic novel a little bit later. We will probably spoil a couple of things out of them. We'll try to let you know. Uh, we'll let you know what books are going to be coming out. Uh, that we're going to be reviewing next week, and we'll be doing some trivia for you guys to uh, win some free stuff. So, without further ado, we're going to let uh, you guys know kind of what's going on in the world of comics. So, Johnny. Yeah. Oh, I'm in charge, <laughs> in charge of news. Johnny's pretty much in charge of everything tonight. Yeah. He's done trivia on his lap. and I'm producing. I have producing news. news. I read everything. the books. I don't so if something goes wrong, it's your fault. It's all Johnny's fault. Well, yeah, I don't understand why Blake. I mean, it's all Johnny's fault anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Jeez, um, <laughs> you know Johnny. the things that I do for you, Jonathan. I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's get started with news. Uh, so DC just released um, Tom King's and Clayman's story in Action Comics One Thousand. It's pretty. I haven't read it, but it's pretty. Yeah, it's. I heard it's really good, and you guys can read that uh, on DC's website. Uh, or Tom King's Twitter feed. Yes, if you're curious uh, about that at all. Um, next piece of news is uh, with some fresh start announcements. Uh, Deadpool gets a new number one uh, by Scotty Young and illustrated by Nick Klein. Wait, Scotty Young's writing it? Yes. I'm going to start reading a Deadpool book again. That you know, that's a good choice. Yeah, it, he's with bizarre enough to. You think about you think about I hate Fairyland. With, yeah, yeah. Know, I'm ex- uh, now I want to read sense Deadpool. of humor. Yeah, and and violence and stuff like that. I think I think you know Sean was in the shop talking about that this afternoon, and I was like, yeah. The okay. only Deadpool book I've been reading was Spider Man Deadpool, and I jump on and off of that. Yeah. Now I want to read Scotty Young. His his Rocket Raccoon I really liked. Well, I uh, lo- I love I hate Fairyland. Yeah, especially the issue where uh, Groot narrates the story. <laughs> oh it's, yeah, where it's it, all I am Groot. Yeah, that was it's, funny. It's really good. Uh, anyway, um, next in the fresh start, Marvel adds uh, the Sentry, which is going to be written by Jeff, Jeff Le- Lemire. Well, oh, oh God, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna read the Sentry. Uh, yeah, Jeff Lemire and Kim Kim Jacinto, which um, she's been do- he or she? I'm not sure. Kim Jacinto. Jacinto. Is it with an H? Uh, J. Are you sure? Isn't it Jacinto? Is no, because there's no Jacinto. U. There's no it's Jacinto. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, you would know. Yeah. Uh, so they did uh, work on Avengers: No Surrender, uh, and that's coming out in June. Okay. Yeah, I think boy, I, th- I think about what Lemire did with Animal Man. Yeah. You know, just that dark, you know. Twisted story. Yeah. Yeah. And you take a character like the Sentry. After reading. I think it's going to be great. Spoilers. We're going to be reviewing Lemire's new indie book uh, that came out today, a little bit later in the show. After reading that, oh, God, his take on the Sentry will be awesome. Yeah. 
uh, yeah. Uh, after that, we have more Fresh Starts news. Uh, Doctor Strange, uh, written by Mark Wade with artist Jesus Size. Um, so they will they will be taking over Donny Cates and Gabriel H. Walta uh, with a new number one uh, coming out June sixth. Um, Sorry, that's sad. Yeah. I'm actually really sad. And one of the biggest news with the Marvel relaunch is Amazing Spider-Man by Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Otley Otley? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad he's at, you know, Marvel now. He's doing Spider-Man. That's no, huge. That's, yeah, no, that's that, awesome. Yeah. Was, here's the thing. Tell us what the thing is. I'll t- I'm going to tell you what the thing <laughs> is. All right. When I, when I talked to Otley at Comic-Con, I asked him, you know, if he could tell me anything, his, what his plans were after... Now, granted, this is July. This is like nine months ago, okay? Uh, what his plans were after he was done with Invincible. He told me he had some creator-owned stuff that he himself was going to write and draw, like his own thing. And I was super down for whatever. And I asked him, I was like, is it going to be like Grizzly Shark? And he kind of laughed. He's like, no, no, no. That was a one-and-done kind of thing. It's not going to be quite that weird and bizarre. So he had something that he was working on. So Marvel had to have just filled a dump truck full of, full of dollar cash, bills yeah. and just backed it up to his house and just dumped it and was like, we need you to save Nick's career. Oh, come on. That's not fair, dude. That's totally fair. No way. Well, but maybe he's still doing these books. Maybe he still has a maybe, plan. Yeah, maybe he is. We don't know if it's going to be it, on for a long run is, or if he's exclusive. Look, I'm down to see Spider-Man drawn by Ryan Ott. Oh, yeah. I just don't think that Nick Spencer can write the kind of story that's going to do his art justice. I don't know about that. Um, The thing is, like, I don't think Ryan Otley can turn down a Spider-Man book. It's it's freaking Spider-Man. It's it's flagship. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's a flagship title. Absolutely, dude. I understand it. I just don't get the writer after him being on Captain America and having kind of yeah kind of thing. That's the only I don't want to see him do that to Pete, dude. Yeah, that's the only Ryan. Only book that I have not liked from Nick Spencer because uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man, and I think Cody also agreed that Superior Foes of Spider-Man he really liked, and dude, Astonishing Ant-Man. That Man. was 2013, dude. Uh, 15. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Also, I mean, it was also a completely different character. Set right. Of, you know, I think Superior so. Spider-Man was in that book, too. Um, but no, anyway, it's it just... I. I'm excited for his. I think he's gonna take a comedic approach to towards it. This is this is just it though, because Nick Spencer has the ability. Because obviously, Morning Glories is a great, great story. But mm-hmm. lately, he's like Bendis, where he's hit or miss. Right. And that's my thing. Yeah, Superior Foes I heard was really good, but that was several years ago. Morning Glories was really good when it was coming out, and yeah. he didn't get bogged down with delays. You know. Captain America wasn't good. Mm-mm. Secret Empire wasn't good. Mm-mm. Look, I get. I've heard some great cases made for those uh, those stories. Ant Man was really good. I did he do Ant Man? Yes. I read the first issue and it wasn't bad, but it certainly wasn't enough to keep me interested. Okay. So lately, Nick Spencer has not done a whole lot for me, and him being on Pete with Ryan Otley, like. I'm I'm actually very excited for this. I want to read that book. I really do. Yeah. But I just I don't know if he can write a book that like I can't just I'll have to go in and scribble out the word bubbles and put my own story where <laughs> everything is for Otley's art. 
Anyway, yeah. sorry, that was a tangent. Go ahead. No, no, it's completely fine. I, I, I'll pick it up just to see Otley's drawings oh, yeah. again. I it's think that's definitely worth everything that he's he's shown so far. It just looks. Perfect. He's a great artist he for draws, Spider-Man. He draws superheroes so well. So yeah. Artist for Spider-Man. Yeah. I hope. Uh, I hope that the reason he got that book was because he gave a heck of a pitch, Spencer, to the Marvel Brass. Yeah. Yeah. Of what he would do if 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 they had, you know, a short list of guys that they were thinking about replacing slot, which is you know, look, it's some big shoes to fill. Yeah. Um, and if if they pulled him in and said, hey, you know, give us your pitch for Spider Man, and, and he just knocked it out of the park. Hopefully that's the case. Hopefully yep. he's got you know this great yep. idea uh, of what to do with Spider Man because he's gonna any anybody who would have come into Spider Man is gonna have a hard time following slot. I mean, this I this think it's final just, yeah. story arc for a slot. I mean, he he titled it "Go Down Swinging," and I think for a reason. I think you know it's been it's been pretty epic. Hmm. So yeah. Um. All right. Moving on. Um. So Kelly Thompson and Jen Saint Ange are uh, rebooting Nancy Drew, and they're going to come out with a comic. Good and luck. I'm very excited for on that what book. publisher is that? Is that it's Dynamite. Yep. Yeah. Dude, yeah, there's a reason Nancy Drew didn't make it six issues. Anyway, I'm very excited because it's John St. Ange and Kelly Thompson. Okay. Uh, Johnny, is there anything else that's going to, like, actually be pertinent? Um, And not Johnny Recommends? Hey, it's on a news website. you (laughs) (laughs) You can do your little Johnny Recommends, but let's keep it succinct here. All right, here we go. So Bendis announced his first two Jinx World projects from DC Comics. He's writing, um, let's see, he's teaming with collaborator Michael Gatos uh, from Alias to do Pearl, uh, described as an epic romance set among warring Yakuza factions in present-day San Francisco. And that's coming out in August. He's not writing that? Uh, He is. He's writing that with Michael Gatos. Oh, here we go. And he's also writing... He's already starting uh, 10 books at once. This, uh, well... No, just keep going. Okay. Just keep going. Dude, if I wanted depressing news, I would just watch the news. Not, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm just... Not, I'm just uh, this is bad. Yeah, I'm just pitching every news story. Yeah, anyway, okay. he's also doing uh, a book called Cover uh, with artist David Mack. I'm not sure what he did. But it's inspired by a true story in which a comic creator is recruited, recruited by an intelligence agency to live a double life as a spy. Tom King. Huh, that's weird. <laughs> He says uh, it name checks films like Confessions of a Dangerous Mind and The In-Laws in its description of the series. It'll come this fall. Like around August or September. Pass. Yeah. And finally, DC Comics uh, has unveiled that Neil Gaiman is doing his own Sandman imprint. Sandman Universe imprint. Um, I'd read that. Yeah, they're celebrating More books. 30 years of the dreaming, uh, and they're going to... Uh, Vertigo's launching four books in late 2018, uh, and that is The Dreaming, Lucifer, Books of Magic, and The House of Whispers. Mm. And uh, it'll be kicked off with a special Sandman Universe one-shot by uh, Gaiman. And, yeah. I'm kind of excited for that. Yeah. I need to read the whole Sandman collection. Have you finished that? No. Oh, man. That's like one of my favorite books. I know, Johnny. So, you read it like once a year. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> there, <laughs> there might be new listeners. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, I, I don't 
I don't want believe them, me. If I don't I, want I, them to messing with the Sandman. It's his character. I know, but like he's bringing in people to write on. Uh, it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I get that. He has probably trust them. Okay. I, look, I'm excited, dude. Like, there's so much that he could do in that sandbox yeah. still. Um, based on, I mean, just based off of what we reviewed for the show, I'm totally down for other stuff from that universe, or that corner of you know DC. Yeah. So, is that all the news? That's all the news. All right, we had a question. Singular question from a yes. single uh, listener. We did have a question from, I believe, Nelson Carvalho. Oh, apparently, Carvalho. Blake has a bunch of questions. Oh, does he's, he? Oh, so he's we'll been get through, writing them? We'll get through Nathan. Or, excuse me, Nathan. Uh, Nelson. Nelson first. Did I say Nathan? No. Uh, no, that was totally me. Okay. Nelson uh, said, I think you guys only briefly touched on Image Expo. So my question is, what book from Image Expo are you most excited for? Mine is... What's the furthest place from here? I assume all of you are going to say the Remender book. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, yeah. Nelson. <laughs> Death or glory. No, yeah. I'm the one that said that. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, I thought that was Nelson no. like, preemptively like knowing this panel. Uh, for me, yeah, absolutely. The Remender Bengal book. Um, I I think that's going to be cool. Dude, that one that one image they put out, that double page spread yeah. of just her in the garage with that car. That car. I was just like, Mwah. Yeah. Okay. That that hooked me too. Yeah. Absolutely. I have two. Uh one of them I I'll just mention is Dead Guy Fan Club, which is by Annie Wu. She's an amazing artist. We, ta- we mentioned that one yeah. in the thing, right? And do yeah, you well, get a synopsis on that? Uh yeah, Dead Guy Fan Club. Let's see. Is uh is a new series. The founders of a rock stars fan clubs reunite in adulthood to investigate the suspicious death of their hero and the involvement of an unhinged member of their old flock. Interesting. So it's yeah. the Kurt Cobain conspiracy. I have no idea what you're. But with about. other. Johnny. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one that I um. I'm really excited for is a Leviathan by John Lehman. That's where a group of millennials, uh, you know, uh, let's see, group of millennials try to do a black magic ritual for laughs and end up summoning a demonic giant monster t- determined to kill them all. John so uh, a South Park storyline. I would read that. But I would read that too. It sounds like a South Park storyline. About that book. Yeah, John. Only John Lehman. Uh, and. Uh, I think like the last one is from the creator of um, Shirtless Bear Fighter, the Weatherman. Yes, that's right. I forgot about that team. I wanted. I want to. Re- ah, yes, that's jo- gonna be good. Jody Lahoop. Lahoop or Lahoop? Yeah. I have no idea. Neither do I. Uh, and Nathan Fox. Um, yeah, it's a local weatherman and fun-loving amnesiac. Nathan Bright was just a normal guy living the good life on terraformed Mars, but the past Nathan didn't know he had come. Oh, but the past Nathan didn't know uh, he had comes back to murder him when he's accused of carrying out the worst terrorist attack in human history, an event that wiped out nearly the entire population of Earth. It sounds weird. Yeah, that's their that's their flavor, though. Yeah, Dude, I don't think shirtless bear fighter creative team. Yeah, I, I don't think it's the the artist from shirtless bear no, fighter. I don't think, it, but it, the the two main guys yeah. they were like a writing team. Yeah, no, definitely. And those are some of the books Isn't that, that I'm Isn't that a riff on a chew cover? Uh, I don't think For so. For Layman? The Weatherman. Weatherman? Yeah, I don't think so, but it could be. Yeah, it could be for sure. Yeah. All right. And, yeah, that's that that's the question that we got from um, Nelson? Nelson. Yes, sorry. Death uh, or glory. Pick it up. Death and glory. <laughs> Death or glory. Death or glory. Right. 
Who is that? Isn't that the name? Remender? Yeah, it's oh, Death Remender or book? Glory. That's what it was. I couldn't remember the book name. I was just like, yeah, the Remender one. Yeah. Uh, well, so, yeah. Uh, Blake, do you just want to just shout this over here? Or do you... That's rude. Yeah. So, well, no. Please, you... Yes, please talk into the mic. You, you, come here. Well, I wrote them down so you could I know, them. but you're right there. Right. Just ask the question. This went to something in a handbasket very quickly. Okay, I gotta read. Yeah, I gotta read what I wrote down. Hi guys. So my question for you guys are uh, two questions. Uh, first part. Hi Blake, uh, long time listener. Uh, <laughs> which book from uh, Marvel's uh, Fresh Start are you most looking forward to? Venom, Donny Cates. Okay. It, and yeah, I. If it wasn't Nick Spencer, absolutely Spider Man. But it, I'm looking forward to the art with. Ryan Atley, but I think for sure for me, the combo, Ryan Stegman and Donny Cates on Venom would be cool. Definitely. Yeah. Not a single one of them. Ant-Man, <laughs> Dang. Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, kind of, for me. They're bringing that back? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're Jim. doing it with uh, Nadia, with yeah. a new Wasp, so I'm excited. Yeah. And Scott Mark Lang. Mark Wade is writing? Okay. Roger? I said. Who? Venom. Oh, okay. Oh. Next question. <laughs> Who is your favorite Marvel character, and do you think they deserve a fresh start? <laughs> I swear to God. Mm. I okay. like this so much. Um, my favorite Marvel character? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, Cap. That's a good no one. Surprise. But yeah. He's getting a fresh start. He's already with, kind of gotten a fresh start. With Ta-Nehisi Coates. Yeah. Ta-Nehisi Coates is taking Yeah. Him? Do you listen to my new segment? I do. Okay. I don't remember them. All. Okay, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm. I'm we'll see. Yeah. yeah oh right, we'll they're doing the life of Captain Marvel number one. Uh, yeah, and that that's fine. I you know I look forward to that, but I really think Captain Marvel needs a fresh start. Yeah. I don't. I don't think. Look, I, I've been a Carol Danvers <coughs> fan for three decades, but four, four, four decades. Jesus. Ah. <laughs> uh, but what they've done with her since she became captain, I really haven't dug. You didn't like the Kelly Sue stuff? Not really. No, okay. I really like that. It's okay. Um, my favorite character is Miss Marvel, and I say just keep G. Willow Wilson on it. She knows the character. Can I forfeit and just ask Kirkman to bring Invincible back? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. mean, I do. There's other Marvel characters. I like Daredevil and I like Deadpool and whatnot. When Deadpool's not being shoved into seven. Has books. Daredevil been announced yet? No, huh? I don't think so. Mm. I don't think we've gotten a Daredevil announcement. Or um, give I Daredevil like, back to Kevin Smith. I'll read I, that again. I like Why not? The Punisher, but I think they're doing the whole War Machine thing with the Punisher right now, and it's been tough because I think Greg Rucka, right before Marvel did their whole Marvel Now, before they did like a relaunch every year, uh-huh. had a fantastic run on the Punisher with yeah. Marco Cicchetto. And that's that's one of those runs. I think it was a short run. It was like sixteen issues or something like that. But uh, that's a run. That's that's one of those runs that I use to compare to everything else. They're doing a mini series called uh, "The Punisher: The Platoon." I think it's called. Yeah, it's going on right now. Yeah. So that's Garth Ennis, I think. That could be really good. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, thank you, Blake, hey. for for emailing those in. Thanks for answering, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into our reviews. Ever, <laughs> Johnny. Oh yeah. What's what up? Marvel book are we talking about tonight? Uh, we read the Infinity Countdown number one by uh, Jerry Dugan, and uh, I think it's Aaron Cooter. Yeah. Sweet. That's a funny name. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Funny name for for a comic artist. Yeah. Everybody in the entire universe is out to get the Infinity Stones, and they're causing little battles. That's the pitch. That sums it up. That's the most succinct you've ever been, Johnny. Oh, Good thank job. You. Thank you. Um, I just didn't want to talk more about this book. Yeah, this was... It's okay. Yeah. Um, my... <coughs> yes, John. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Was that, like, intentional, was or was that mic. just, like, an involuntary reaction no, to this book? it was involuntary. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the, it, the, it's fine. Um, have, you know, this book being, you know, kind of... Uh, a book to set the stage for um, the Infinity Stones in the, in the Marvel Universe and with the Avengers Infinity movie coming out. Um, I don't know. I expected something more. Better? Something bigger. Something better. better? Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, I almost feel like they're going to use this story to reset the Marvel Universe, which you can do with the Infinity ones. And, and may, I don't know if that's true or not that's just speculation and i think that weighs into it too if if that's what you're going to do because you, you think back to the last time marvel had this opportunity with uh secret wars by hickman that was supremely epic mm-hmm. um and this feels like it's kind of thrown together um there's uh one thing that happens in the end of the book uh, if you want to read it yourself, then just tune out for a second. That's the only thing I like about um, it. It's, it's an interesting choice, but they they did a factory reset on Groot so that now he talks. Um, I, I thought, really, you, were, I I thought you were talking like about the actual end, and that's the only part of it I liked. Which was that? Finding the – yeah. all right, I'll, I'll spoil it. Who cares? Finding the stone in the toilet from Logan. Oh, I oh, mean, Logan had left the time stone, or is it the space stone? Space stone, in the yeah, in, in the, the back water of, a toilet water of the toilet for Scarlet Witch or um Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Black Witch. Widow, Black Widow, Scarlet Jeez. Johansson. Yeah, Scarlet <laughs> Johansson was what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind Groot talking. At that that whole issue where the it's just I am Groot is funny. Yeah, but it does get annoying to see I am Groot all the time. So yeah, well that's why I mean Groot Groot's. Groot has never been a character that should have his own ongoing series. Though. Yeah. Um, and you can, you know, he's uh, he's a character that's best when played off of other characters. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And we talked about that earlier. You know, one of the things that I wish Marvel would stop doing is feeling like they have a team and everybody on that team also needs to have a solo book. That's not necessary. What I'm reading the team book for is for that team, them being together. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And but like you said, if they do have an idea for something, it needs to just be a miniseries. Yeah. It him talking's not going to last. It's going to go. Yeah. It's going to go to the end of this, and then it's just he's going to go back to saying I am Groot. The other thing that I want to mention oh. is we we reviewed I think it was Guardians of the Galaxy a while back. I think the end before well, number one fifty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Drax abruptly stops fighting in that book. Says he's got to go. And he can't do any more killing. And he goes to meditate on top of the Power Stone, which is where he's been guarding in this particular book. And then everybody starts coming for the Power Stone, all the, what are they called, raptors? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to start killing again. Like, yeah, immediately. It's that's... just like, guys, like, I get that you had to get 
if you needed to get Drax here to be like ready to guard this, what was with the whole like Zen Drax where it's like I can't do this anymore? Like in the previous Right. I think they just uh, it's like you know, they just decided they dropped that that yeah. whole uh premise. I mean, I liked him trying to fly with the wings. Like that was funny. It was uh, just it's I a like stupid a little antidote. It was it li- it was like li- watching Drax in the movies because he does dumb yeah, stuff it, like it, that all the time. It feels like they're writing him more. They're like trying to write uh, Baptista. Yeah, Dave Baptista. Yeah, great wrestler. I mean, I just I don't care. I don't care about this. So I mean, yeah. The the thing is, like, it's fun. It's fine. It it seems interesting, but I feel like we have no um stakes uh especially us that we haven't read any of the previous yeah. stuff so like we don't know what's really going out on the interesting stuff is is you know the 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 Logan stuff at the end yeah that's the only that's the, my favorite thing mm-hmm. i mean i'm i'll be upset if that's how they got him out of the antimanium like if that's their excuse for him still being alive well he used a stone to get out cuz that would just i be i hate how he's playing hard to get and like not saying, "Hey guys, I'm I'm here," yeah. and explaining it. Yeah. I feel I hate that we have to get four miniseries. I think. Oh God, to plug you, remind me of that, Johnny. <laughs> I think you're right, Roger. I think the best way to put this, like, the, to sum this up, is this just feels thrown together, <clears throat> and they've got all these extra Infinity Countdown one shots or mini series coming for all these other characters as well. And it's just like, do you really have to read Infinity Countdown, Captain Marvel, number one, Infinity Countdown, Daredevil, number one, Infinity Countdown, Darkhawk, number one, uh, Infinity Countdown, Black Widow, number one, Infinity Countdown, Champions, number one, and then Darkhawk two and three, Champions two and Darkhawk four. Is that all really necessary? Yeah, you that's know? nuts. Well, so. and then the <clears throat> the Guardians fight was just so they can get Groot to say more than I am Groot. That was the Entire yeah. reason for it was just so we okay. Let's make him talk. I like that they brought back the gardener. Uh, it's just a kooky villain from the what was it like eighties, nineties. First time I'd ever seen him. So, oh really? Yeah. You didn't? Oh, because he came out uh, in Thanos Quest in like ninety five. Uh, yeah, I was out ninety two maybe. That's when because he well, had. To he be was, fair, so was Johnny. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, True. I mean the fight for the Infinity Stone. There's one of the Nova Corps is pregnant. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. It's like, yeah, cool, fight. You're pregnant, but what? Isn't that like prenatal child abuse? <laughs> yeah. Like that kid is gonna be really messed up. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe she has like. Weird. Yeah. I mean, the joke they made is the one that was gonna punch her in the face stops. Like, oh my god, you're pregnant, and that's it. That's the yeah. one throw off. I thought it was kind of weird. Want to rate it? Yeah. Let's just move on. Joey. Joey. Two. Two and a half. Three, it's fine. Two and a half. Cool. Roger, tell us about one of the best books we read this week. Yeah, what? okay. Which so, um, I don't see it. Gideon, right here. Gideon Falls, <laughs> uh, right written there. by Jeff Lemire, art by Andreas Sorrentino. Yes. God, that cover. And, yeah, something's going on with this book. <laughs> okay, so you have um a couple of things going on uh in different settings in this book on on the one hand um you have a guy uh what was his name Nathan I believe Norton 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 Sinclair who is convinced that there is true evil in the world and it is trying to get in you know um into this world 
and he's seeing signs of it in the garbage uh, all over the city, and he's been, you know, going through garbage all over the city to try and put these, you know, pieces of this puzzle together. Um, and at the same time, trying to keep his shrink from like committing him again. Um, on the other hand, you have uh, you have this small town, Gideon Falls, who unfortunately uh, lost the priest to their Catholic Church recently, and you have a new uh, a new priest coming in to replace him, Father Wilfred. Um. And so that part of the story is he's arriving to Gideon Falls and going into the church uh, to kind of get started. And he's really kind of bummed out because it's like it's like he got uh, the worst. He picked the the, you know, the shortest straw. Yeah. And I mean, he's going out in the middle of nowhere to this Catholic church. And um, he ends up in the middle of the night meeting Father Tom. His deceased predecessor. <laughs> this is so creepy. Who yeah. tells him, you know, they have to go and he's got to follow him. And they go out into the field um, where they find the the body of uh, this little old his, lady. His who welcome was, wagon? His welcome oh, wagon. Yeah. What is that in her chest anyway? It's her, her arm. Hook her hand. hook hand. Oh, <laughs> that's messed up. She <laughs> was stabbed arm. with her, her own hook hand. Oh, that's really cool. And I'm not sure if she was stabbed from the front or no. if it went through all her the way from through. The back. Oh my gosh, I didn't even all the way think of that. Yeah, she had to get in the back. I know. I so, think it was from the front, but with the blunt side. Yeah, I mean that that could be. That would I just don't, that would be a lot. Yeah, because the hook actually isn't look, like dripping yeah. stuff. So that's kind of messed up that you have this sharp yeah. point and you use the blunt side to. Yeah. I you, you know, know I, I don't do know like what I, I'm not. Did you say you didn't like it? No, I'm, I said, you know what? I do like this book. Yeah. <laughs> You're missing one thing about it. You're missing one thing. Is this weird black barn. Oh, well, that was something that came to uh, Norton in his dream. Mm-hmm. And he tells you at one point you know, he had seen this, this black barn in his dream, and it terrified him. Um, but kind of going along with the, you know, the, the religious uh, overtones to the book, um, he had a, a second dream of the black barn, but somebody was there with him and he couldn't see their face, but it made him feel like everything was going to be okay. So, um, really, you know, this, th- th- this was a really good book. I love, I'm not a, ho- I'm not a horror guy, but I like, I like, um, I don't intelligent horror or psychological yeah if it's done well i mean i like good horror you know and i like good psychological horror. i don't like slasher stuff i don't mind oh, you man. know i don't mind little ladies you know getting impaled with their own hook hand <laughs> if it's done well right the <laughs> we have to note like that was his welcome when he got to the town yeah. this little yeah. old lady that's like i'll she, make you a casserole she was gonna write she was she was so sweet yeah. she was and we and I don't mean like creepy sweet where it's like something diabolical is that she was no, like the it's, genuine it's, like yeah. we're here to help you know kind of thing it's, yeah. it's a little small town everybody knows everybody yeah. she wants to be the nice person and help everybody yeah and man uh, see I, what I think it's this panel right here this yeah. double page what I think what he meant by that is when uh, Father Fred is finds the body he sees the black barn too so that has to do something to connect their two stories yeah. 
That has to be it. Yeah. Yeah. And like the thing is, uh, when you look at what's the guy's name? Orton. Norton. Norton. He his stuff is upside down when you're seeing, um, Father Fred's stuff, which is right side up. Yeah. So I assume like maybe they're on two different planes, two different timelines, something. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's that could interesting. Be it. I didn't really think what too I hard think about it is, that. What I think it is is he's I, in like New York City. I mean, that's what this cover looks like. It looks like Manhattan in yeah. the shape of a face. But I don't know. I don't. I just want to know I, why he won't take that damn mask I didn't, off. I yeah, I didn't like much of. Well, he's be- kind of a germaphobe. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is my favorite. Which page. is weird since he's trash. since he's going through trash. Going through trash. This is my favorite page. Uh, Norton's apartment. Yeah, it's oh. almost a fish eye view, mm-hmm. which was I thought was really interesting. Yeah. yeah for the artist to draw, to put on paper, it 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 really does look like almost like you're. You're looking at his room through a bottle. Yeah, through yeah. through uh, one of the containers as yeah. he's sorting his I didn't like pieces that. of garbage. I loved it. I, this, That's I just I, I, I stayed on that page for a couple of minutes so just did looking I. at it like, oh, this is fascinating. Yeah, it's it's well done. It's really well done. It like you're I'm seeing it through some mm-hmm. sort of yeah. jars or something. I didn't like the beginning until they got to the Father Fred stuff, uh, and then they got to like the end with the weird deceased father tom which is great art by the way uh by um, mm. who is it andreas sorrentino yes he does art really well look i you know the biggest thing for me with this book is i i don't know that anybody else in comics knows how to pace a story like jeff lemire i think i'm gonna agree i'd, I'd agree I, his, his pacing is just uh awesome mm-hmm. and and you really you can't help but take your time. Oh yeah, uh, reading the book, and that's why I think that the art really uh, is a perfect fit for the book too, because you you study you end up studying the art too as much as and it has know, like the this story. like kind of wood grain type of texture, mm-hmm. like to almost like a scratched right. Um, yeah. There's a certain um, I think it's called scratch board. It's black, like kind of almost thick cardboard and you scratch into it to draw and it's like a silvery material underneath but it's that's not what this is Mm-mm. but it looks like that like he, he took something and chiseled those drawings yeah. yeah yeah I could see that or like if he drew on really old paper and that paper was cracking or something yeah something and I think that's to kind of give it just that to make it creepy surreal it yeah. surreal yeah. feeling <clears throat> um so my my thing is is I'm not a huge fan of of Andrea Sorrentino. Really? It, it does. Yeah. It, the art, the art fits perfectly with this. So like when I first opened it up, I was like, Ugh. It, it was, <laughs> and I don't mean this in a bad way. I really don't. It's because it, I think not I, like I was like that too. Like when I first saw the couple of pages, I was like, wait, what am I looking at? Yeah. You know, and because he does have there for me, there is a little bit of this a calibration, page. yeah, with this artist. Because it's upside down. I didn't but even once know you get into this story, it's really freaking appropriate and good for for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just listening to Lemire and or listening, reading, reading what Lemire that's... says in the back about how this is just another creator that he clicks with, and how he's had Norton the character for like 20 years planned. Right. Yeah, that's you know. my favorite thing about this book is that afterward letter essay him talking about how long he's been holding on to this character, where the character right. came from for him. That, it was like the f- 
the first or one of the first characters he ever created, mm-hmm. and he had created it in film school for this five minute little short. Um, it's supposed to be his magnum opus. Never, yeah, yeah never was, went anywhere. He he started making it into a movie. Like yeah. he was like, I'm gonna make a movie, and when he realized movies weren't for him, he tried to make it into a comic that was 300 freaking pages long that he'd never finished. Yeah. What I, For everyone who picks up this book, uh, I encourage you to read the letter in the back. I think it's fascinating to get inside the mind mm-hmm. of, of, you know, a, any, well, any creator, but, um, you know, to see what, what kind of goes through, you know, the, the process of creating books like this, uh, and Sweet Tooth. I mean, it, you know, that when he was talking about doing this 300-page, you know, graphic novel and doing the art for the whole thing and writing it and then getting to the end and going, well, uh, my art style evolved so fast over that time that the beginning looks nothing like the end. Like three, so he redid the entire thing again. Three pages in, it doesn't look like the next three pages. is like, shh, yeah. I'm going to have to restart Yep. And then going through, you know, at, at the same time, talking about, you know, how at that time he was suffering from depression and anxiety, all this other and stuff. And, uh, you know, it, I, I don't know. Not I mean, I don't wish that on anybody, but, uh, you know, that was that was all part of his growth process. Yeah. And I think that you can kind of see that 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 comes through in his storytelling. You know that he, he draws on those life experiences. Don't get depressed, but depression makes for some really good creativity. Clearly, so yeah. What would you guys rate this? It's a five for me. I'm gonna go four and a half, just because I want. What's that extra half star? Because I want to read more <laughs> to see if I'm gonna if how it goes together. I don't want to give it the full five until I see how the characters come together. Oh, Joey. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I could. Understand. I you know I could almost I see a lower grade only because. Um, this is, you don't, I don't want to say you don't get a whole lot in this book. You get, you get teases of, of both sides and it's not, it's not a book that, that you read through and, but I think this is true of a lot of Jeff Lemire stuff. You read it and you go, man, that was really good. I'm not sure I quite get everything, but. Because he doesn't spell everything out for you. No, no. He does not spoon feed his readers. No, he he. That's and one of the things that he does really, really well is all the dialogue feels normal. There's not a lot of like, there's not a lot of explaining in the dialogue because I don't know if you notice this even with TV shows when there's something new going on, like characters will come on screen and they'll start talking as if they're narrating right, a you previous get a, life experience. Yeah, and it's meant to be a conversation to inform the viewer. He right. doesn't do because people don't talk like that normally. You don't no. say like, oh, back when your mother, you know, was sick and blah, blah, blah. It, it, it's just like, hey, how's your mom feeling? And that's all, if you know somebody, that's yeah. all you need to say. Well, that's like how it, his characters interact. Right. And in this one, I think he, he uses the appropriate um, method or channel to convey parts of the history. It was like having him sit down with his shrink. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that I love Norton, that because I knew. You get a lot out of there about what this guy's through he's kind of off his rocker but he's you know he's been committed before he you know he doesn't want to be committed again you get from his side that he's not telling her everything mm-hmm. that he's holding back you know but it's all in this natural conversation what the mm-hmm. and then the father fred stuff before they send him to gideon falls he's like you know i he's having a conversation with the head priest there's a reason right. why i don't go out and preach anymore and you know why i'm not that person anymore i can't do it Right. Yeah. We you know, know something it. happened yeah. to him. 
Yeah, and if this and is I like an old TV or a, a TV show, he'd be like, "Well, back when you know you had that whole thing, and they'd explain the yeah. backstory." We're not getting that. Yeah, with no, this. and that's and so what I'll, makes you drawn in, and you're like, "What's this dude's yeah. deal?" So I, that's right. the only reason I give it the half point less is because a I want to see how the characters are kind of are gonna connect together, and I want to learn more about the characters from flashbacks and exposition and whatnot. Yeah, I think it would be a better read in a graphic novel when the whole story arc is there. I think this is interesting uh, because I, I, I'm not sure that we've seen straight up horror from Jeff Lemire. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you have you have a lot of shades of the supernatural. Yep. Uh, and and yeah, there's plenty of sci-fi. Uh, the su- I mean, the supernatural certainly came in, into play in um, Animal Man mm-hmm. and Royal City. Um, but this is this is a straight up horror book. Uh, and I'm curious to and see because I think I, I think one of the master horror writers right now is Scott Snyder, um, and I'm curious to see I'm curious to see Lemire's yeah horror work because I'm with you I'm not I'm not big on horror at all, but man this was intriguing. So Johnny, what would you rate this? I am very big on horror. Uh, I do not care about Norton's story though. Uh, the Father Fred Shame. stuff is interesting, uh, but Shame. the other part I don't really care. So uh, four and a half, five. Don't five. you don't you want to know why he's digging in the garbage and finding these pieces? That, what are these pieces in Mason? Rudimentary jars? and arbitrary to See, us. Like, I mean, I don't really. There was a page that was from the perspective of one of those pieces. I don't like the the story of like the cho- I guess the chosen one or whatever. Okay. It's like, oh, he's the only. We don't know if that's what he is. I know, I know, but like, he's the only one that is seeing this. B- well, besides Father Fred, okay. but like, I don't know. I didn't read it as a chosen one thing. Okay, I really I, didn't. I read it as like. I bet you he's the bad guy. <laughs> I I I think <laughs> that'd be interesting. That would be interesting. I don't think Lemire is gonna fall into something like such an obvious trope. No, I know, I know. You it's know? just uh, right now I'm not interested in Norton's story, and I think. <laughs> That's that's just it. In this issue, yeah. I'm not interested in it. Okay, cool. All right, uh, moving along. Did you rate? Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, five. five. It's Lemire, dude. Yeah, I know. Or as uh, Blake likes to say, Lee Meyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna point out he's over there smelling himself. Like, he's got his nose in his shirt. Did you see this? He's probably coughing. It's a lie. <laughs> Is this Catwoman's wedding dress? Yeah, designed by Joel Jones. That Joel Jones. Fantastic comic artist. Shame. All right, tell us about the DC book. My other favorite read this week. All right, so it's the Wild Storm. Uh, it's pretty much all I can tell you because I, I have number. It's number twelve with twenty four. Um, yeah. It was good. Who's it by? Who's it by? Uh, Warren Ellis and John Davis Hunt. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say Steve Buscemi just because I want to say <laughs> Buscemi, but it's Buchelato. Let's go with that one. That was Buchelato. Whatever. Uh, I mean, it was it was a good book. It seems like a, a spy thriller ish kind of thing. Um, I only recognize one character, and that's from Future's End, uh, in the new fifty. The mere fact that that's where you recognize him from. I know. Shame. Yeah. Shame. Joke. It's that's the <laughs> it's only. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, I don't. Did you read all of Future's End? Um, I did. Oh I got my. up to the final five. Because I'm a glutton for punishment. Yes. I have them all. I read up to the final five and was like, ah. Because when I commit to something, Johnny. Tapped out. 
Yeah. I commit. I own that entire run. I haven't finished it. Uh, you know what? It's good. No wonder for? you're still with Blake. Um, yeah. Kindling. Uh, yeah. Basically, <laughs> throw it in your fireplace and just use it to warm you. That's the only thing that the story is good for. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I'll 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 do that when I'm cold and have a Dude, fireplace. Dude, 45 weeks I invested of my oh life my into that God. story. Because 45. It was a weekly series yeah. for 45 weeks. Started. No. 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 New 52 New 52 Futures End. It was the. It started strong like just before the convergence. Where stuff. it went. So, anyway, uh, I this I I say it every time it comes up on the podcast. You guys need to be reading the Wild Storm. It's pretty. Um, it's yeah. Fan- apparently, apparently I need to be reading because I'm like five or six issues behind. I did not know what was going on. Yeah, I mean, I, I recognize the players. Yeah. And all this stuff, I, but it was it, because because I'm not current on it. It was hard for me to put together. There's um, a lot of moving parts. The the connective tissue in this book. Who's who's playing it's, who? And it's like Game of Thrones, but with spy organizations. They're yeah, all jockeying for power. Yeah, and they're all screwing each other as yep. it's all happening. And this this is a culminating kind of issue because they've all been kind of like secretly moving. Because we have three organizations, essentially. We have IO, which is inter, uh, International Operations. They control Earth. Okay, uh, We have Skywatch. They control everything off Earth, space. And there's a treaty between those two groups. They don't mess... Skywatch doesn't mess with Earth. IO does not mess with space. That's the thing. And then we have the rogue operatives, Halo, which is Grifter, the Wildcats, if you're like a 90s kid. Um, See, that's the only character I I, know, yeah. I recognize. We have his team, which is just in there to screw everyone, <laughs> like pretty much to like take them both down. So um, throughout this series, operatives at IO have been planning to kind of booby trap Skywatch to get information because one of their agents had taken down uh, or had uh, stolen some of their tech, essentially. And Skywatch found out that IO had stolen this tech, which is uh, Angela. Spica, who is the engineer, she's got the 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 uh, I guess the spacesuit in yeah. her, um, and all that. So, uh, IO finally does their little. It's an information warfare game. So that's, it's, that's it's what a it's slow been slow burn kind of like. thing. So IO finally makes their attack and kind of with information to get into this back door in uh, Skywatch's system. Skywatch finds out, kind of retaliates, and while all this is going on, Halo, which is Grifter's team decides that they're going to go and get IO information. So it's this like trifecta of everybody screwing everybody in this issue. And it's awesome. I love it. And there's, for some reason, there's a room full of real brains that they steal. That are powering a computer. They're powering a computer. (laughs) They steal the information and delete it and then blow up the room. Like, well, what? That's so messed up. And I like Grifter's the only one who bothers to cover his face. That's well, because he's he's cold cash, dude. He's the only one that bothers to cover his face. I mean, it's pretty. I like the cover. It's some weird cat, Japanese robot thing. It's, it's pretty. Angela. It's not the Predator. It looks very Predator-ish, but wow, you guys, I, I'm actually surprised you even know the Predator, Johnny. I haven't seen any of the movies. God though. dang it! But, I mean, it's it's pretty. I don't know what's going on. Um, there's some weird Hitler reference. So, oh, because John Lynch has lived forever. I think. Or no, it's uh, Kenosha. It's just, Kenosha. you've met Hitler, yeah? Well, so? she says, yeah, well, because she said to him, you're like the worst person I've ever met. And yeah, he's and like, well, haven't you met Hitler? Didn't you meet Hitler? And she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, so? <laughs> I mean, it's he's just. he's like, burn. It's yeah. just so, like, it's thrown out of nowhere. 
It's not thrown out of nowhere. That well, for context. me it is. Yeah, wait, you told me. Uh, wait, you told me you met Hitler one time, and but it's just like okay. You have I to mean, read I'm, the panel okay. before that. It's once again, it's not the typical like explaining banter. You're yeah. getting a sense that these characters know each other, and she's being sarcastic. Yeah, I mean, you know, I giggled. Yeah, I don't think this is a good jumping on point. A good jumping oh, no. on point no. is issue one. I, or the graphic novel. Yeah, I'll probably so, pick this up at graphic novel. Absolutely. So one of the things you know, Matt had uh, had read the, the the first story arc in graphic novel, and he texted me. He's like, "So I got through this, but I have no clue what's going on." I was like, "Yeah, that's the point." Because he was like, "Did I miss something?" And I was like, "No, dude. This is just even as even as a Wildstorm Wildcats fan from back in the day, this is a reimagining of this entire universe. We only know what's been put in these pages." There is no secret, like, little summary of, like, this is where we're going. Warren Ellis is just, like, strap in. And that's, that's it. Yeah. You know, and you just got to go with it. And I love it. I love it for that because it's just such a wild ride every uh, issue. So I mean, It would have been nice, since this is the middle of the series, to get a little synopsis of what's happened beforehand. But that's just because I don't – It I, would be beneficial. Yeah. It, it would. Yeah. Um. I'm care. I mean, this. The, yeah, I mean, this is the halfway point. What he's got planned for the next year, I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's going to be something to come out of yeah, this. Yeah, it's mean, pretty. Yeah, John Davis Hunt. Oh, such a. There's a great article by him uh, where that, he's being interviewed. I think by Newsarama. Is that right, Blake? Was that the article I sent you? Yes. Where he was yeah. just where he was just talking about how much he loved these characters from way back in the day, and he actually, when he finished Clean Room, his agent was like. Uh, you know, what do you want to do next? And what's a short list of writers you want to work with? And I think he said Jonathan Hickman, um, Warren, Ellis, Warren Ellis, and, and Grant, Morrison. Grant Morrison. And they were like, oh, is mm-hmm. that so? And then come to find out Ellis was wanting to do or, you know, was being tapped to do Wildstorm and everything came down to it. And I love his style for this book. He's the one that did Clean Room, right? Yep. The first, well, the first two. Okay. Uh, volumes. Great artist. Yeah. Uh, he's one of those guys that has great facial expressions on his characters. Definitely, it's so pretty, but I don't know what's going on. You, neither do I. <laughs> I. I just explained some stuff, and I I think that's right, but I'm, I could. Be I mean, wrong. this girl, she just that's pick, zealot. Just picks somebody up and shoots them. Like, yeah. Okay. She's an IO operative. <laughs> or well, no, excuse told, me. She's a Skywatch operative. They, this they is the told IO. her to take one of theirs out. Okay. That's the bald guy that was in the space station, yeah. and he's like, "Make it, make it obvious." So yeah. she just and then this out. old dude with, who's like straight up, like he's just killing wolves and this. Canada. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. He's he's clearly a. It could be Spartan, but I don't remember Spartan being this old. So yeah, um, I don't. I didn't. I didn't get that at all. Neither did I. Here's, I think that, but that stands. I think as I an introduction looks, to the second half of the story that yeah. he's going to be it, a major player. Yeah, it's it's. Kind of reminds me. I mean, this is gonna sound so stupid. Uh, Cancer Man from X Files. When they showed him again, it's sitting in Canada. I was like, "Oh, hey, look, it's Cancer Man again. Cool." <laughs> but yeah, I look if, like I said, if espionage, spy, com- like a really complex plot, you know, with a lot of moving parts, um, great art. If that sounds like something that you'd be into, you need to be reading the Wild Storm. This is this is every every week I pick this up when it's out. It's probably one of every the first month. things I read. Hmm? Every month. Yeah, every month. Well, yeah, that's no. what I mean, like the week of mm-hmm. the month. I want to read it. I like spy stories, but 
Number 12 is not where you need to start <coughs> no. at all. No, 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 no. And I'm not saying you should. You should start at the beginning with this. But like, I, Warren Ellis is crafting an epic story with these, these yeah. groups. It's, it's definitely so, very uh, interesting. I don't think pretty. I in, enjoyed it because I was completely lost. But some of the stuff that I was like, oh, okay, there's just some spy stuff going on. I and thoroughly enjoyed. Nine-panel grid, you know, kind of stuff yeah. uh, through most of the book. One of the things that I love about John Davis Hunt is the man knows how to frame a fight scene. Yeah. Or or like a, a battle or a shootout the or last, whatever. The last Wallstorm that we did, he like did this crazy fight scene with Michael Cray. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing here, man. The the Halo team goes in and they just start dropping bodies. And it's one of them has a silencer. It's like, why does just one of them? Come on, guys. It's common. There's so much like, it, so like much it's a dark. Like, a, it's a dark room, Grifter's but they light up the pistols. room with the, with the gunshots. The colorist. Yeah, yeah that was a cool yeah, touch. It, it's pretty. Grifter's got his two pistols and he starts it. And there's just one dude. He's like, and he fires one shot with the silencer. I love it so much. So. Anyway, what would you guys rate this? Anything else anybody want to comment on? Uh, start from issue one. Start from issue, yeah. If you or have, volume one. You have volume one in, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you have to read this. Since I'm here, I'll probably grab it. It's so <laughs> worth getting volume one, guys, and just catching up. Yeah. So. I like it. I still don't like that I was completely lost. It's a four. Oh, Lord. <laughs> That's okay. I'm going to be a lot harsher. Are you really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a three. Ouch. For me, yeah. <coughs> I mean, there, there's a lot to like about this book, and I, I look at the issues that I've read before. I really, I mean, I like um, this one. It's it's good, yeah. But I wouldn't go any higher than that. And there, and and you, most people would be completely lost in this, uh, especially if they haven't read any of it. I mean, yeah. I, I had read probably th- four. Maybe five of the issues coming in, so I know the players mostly mm-hmm. and stuff. And this was, this felt like at the halfway point, you know, uh, um, setting the stage for the second half. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's, there's, there's a power struggle. Yeah, but See, I, for I me, think this what, I think, felt like I a little bit that, more of a payoff because things are starting to really roll now. Okay. Uh, See, I would expect the next the, the issue after this, yeah, to be really where it just it gets uncorked. And there's but rumors, we'll and there there are rumors because the next issue is issue thirteen, and there's rumors of a specific team with the number thirteen right. in their name right. from that universe showing up. Um, so, and that that yeah, that would really do it for me. Um, but I thought I thought it was it was adequately written. The art the art's really really good I, I like the art a lot um but as a single comic yeah three joey i'm sorry three and a half i don't know what's going on but it's pretty so let's give it a half point you guys need to catch up so you can, <laughs> Go ahead. It, so you can give it its proper rating which is five <laughs> that would be the, the grading in context <laughs> is yes. a five Grading within the context. I love, like I said, I love this series. I love what Warren Ellis is doing. It, however much cash they gave that man to keep this like universe going, to get it on time, and the quality that it is was worth it. So, um, yeah, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. I saw that. What, Blake? Go ahead and say it. No. Wow. You know what? Behave yourself. Yes. 
Uh, is there anything you guys would have rather have reviewed this week that you read? Um, anything but the stupid Marvel book. <laughs> so pick another Marvel book. Uh, they're all stupid. Did nah, that's not true. Uh, I haven't picked up my books yet, so oh, I so haven't read anything. Nope. Johnny, is this where we're going to have like Johnny's recommendation? Yeah. Okay. So this week I read a uh, small little graphic novel um, called Bingo Love from Image Comics. And it is the story about uh, a girl who meets a basically the love of her life when she's, you know, in uh, a bingo hall when she's a little kid. And then um, due to society and her parents, she decides to marry a man instead. Later on, when the man dies, they meet up later, like 60 years later at a bingo hall. It's really cute and charming and like an amazing book. Um, and I think it's like $10. Uh, cool. uh, as an OGN, so hmm. yeah, well, bingo love. Fine, it, I wouldn't pick a different graphic novel, but I love the book so much, and I want to tell everybody to read it. Genius and Genius Cartel by uh, Mark Bernardin. Such a good book. Mark Bernardin has a book out. Yeah, he's got a few. Yeah, um, I have oh, both. If you want to borrow them, huh? That was Top Cow. No, it's Top Cow Image. Is it okay? Yeah, really. Yeah, I have both of them. If you want to borrow it. Yeah, yeah, I'd like um, to read that. It's not a book for everybody. It's not a book for kids. Uh, well, I've heard Mark Bernard. Yeah. Uh, it's about a 17-year-old girl in uh, South Central LA who's the next military genius of her generation. He's got a potty mouth. Um, the well, first, he, him and Kevin Smith. Yeah. <laughs> the first book, The Genius, uh, is The Siege of LA. She declares, she declares war on LAPD uh, to get better treatment for the people and whatnot. Um, Ends up turning herself in the end, you know that she she kicks the LAPD's ass, kicks their ass, and um, gang violence went down and on whatnot. She's like the saint of Los Angeles now. Uh, the second one, she's working for an undercover government clandestine agency, decides to go rogue, cause why the hell not, and just starts killing a bunch of people. And it's it's a lot more than that, but it's mean. It's freaking. Well written. Uh, it's a pretty good looking book, but it's cool. Mark Bernardin. It's a lot of fun. You're gonna love that book. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. You might uh, not like the first one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're gonna go to our highlight segment. So next week we're gonna be reviewing Avengers 684, uh, which is the return of Banner Hulk. Yep. Uh huh. So we're gonna see how that goes. Um, from DC we are gonna be reviewing. New Superman and the Justice League of China number 21. Blake, just go ahead and say you're leaving. Bye, guys. It's It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> He'll take his answer Bye. off there. Bye. Bye. <laughs> um, and did they actually officially change the name of New Superman to New Superman and Justice League of China? Or is that yeah, and I, well, and I think that they may be switching it to... Justice League of China. Interesting. I think that this uh, somebody had mentioned something to that effect. I haven't gone and, and mm. looked it up. Cool. But well, uh, it's essentially it that's that's been the team since yeah. you know since Gene Wang started doing this book. Yeah, I, I, and I think it all has to do with you know um, the second coming of of Bendis. <laughs> Why do we have to go there? So, well, because they're can't they're they're ending all S books. They're ending all of them. All of them: Supergirl, Superwoman, Super Sons, Superman. 
Oh, um, yeah, they are, huh? And, and I think new Superman is swept up in that, too. I mean, Superman will be restarted, but there's not going to be anything with an S on it without Bendis' name. Sorry. Mm. Why, why do you say this to him? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> It'll it be better fine. be good. It'll be fine. It better be good. Um, all right, and then from Indy, we have uh, Vampironica number one, which yes. we're going to be reviewing next week, that's which is from Archie Comics. Yes, that's yeah. by Greg Smallwood. He did the art for uh, Jeff Lemire's Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and then, should I read off the new graphic novels, Roger? Mm. The new ones are, I think, are on the front. The other ones, you are know restocked. what? The only one that I'm gonna really like highlight here. Don't. What? I've already had to reorder it. Are you serious? Yeah. This one. Everything's reserved. Are you? Everything. Serious? <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Hey Siri. Hello Siri. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to wait well, a couple of weeks for that one. Still, Sheriff of Babylon <laughs> Deluxe Hardcover Edition. That's a yeah, good one. That's a good one. Like that's my, coming out. My Hawkeye yeah. traits are I coming in. We're reviewing Sheriff of Babylon next week. Ooh, oh, is that really? with Nathan? With Nathan. Oh, the whole <laughs> thing. Uh, volume one. Probably. Let's do the whole thing. I've already read the whole thing. No, I don't know if I could that. go through the whole thing again because it's a heavy read. You know, you, if you've already read it, you know you don't reread things. I do too. Okay. Mm, I reread things all the time. I'm talking about Jonathan. Wow. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I got my Invincible back. I'm gonna reread that again. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, those are the big, uh, big things that we're gonna be reviewing next week. So we're gonna go ahead and move over to our graphic novel. Um, when do we do trivia? That's at the end. Okay. Yeah. You do this every week. I know. Um, So the graphic novel we're reviewing is Runaways, Volume 1, Pride and Joy, by Brian K. Vaughn and Adrian Alfana. And I don't really have a great pitch for this, so I'm just going to read the back. Six normal teenagers linked only by their wealthy parents' annual business meeting discover a shocking truth. Their parents are the secret criminal society known as the Pride. For years, the Pride has controlled all criminal activity in Los Angeles, ruling the city with an iron fist. They'll take any measures necessary to protect their organization and pass on their legacy, but the kids aren't interested. Together, they run away from home and straight into the adventure of their lives, vowing to turn the tables on their evil legacy. Hmm. Joey, why did you pick this? Because Hulu did a TV show, and I wanted... (laughs) (laughs) I'm perfectly honest, because Hulu did a TV show, and... I like reading comic books. And when they come together. I'll, I'll do them both. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I really like this book. It's way better than the TV show. Yeah? This is, yeah. I mean, uh, this is this is very highly regarded. Yeah, this is way better and than the TV show. Um, BKV was a producer on the TV show. But him writing the story himself is so much better. Uh, they got a lot of the things Right I know not to TV watch show. the TV show. Watch it. It's good. It takes a whole season for them to run away, though. I like... <laughs> the whole season. I like the TV away. show better than this graphic novel. Really? Yeah. Talk it just that. You don't even have a soul. Because <laughs> it, it, it feels like it fleshes out the characters in a little bit uh, better way. Uh, it 
makes you understand their motives because for it running. takes a whole season for them to run away. Yes, I could see where I, I could see where Most that could be very true. The, the biggest problem that happens is about and Jonathan. You and I talked yeah. about this earlier. Is you have, you know, within within one or two comics, you have these kids go, "Oh my God, our parents are evil." And well, I mean, they're literally know, dressed up as supervillains when they see them. So if you sure. don't think they're Which, evil, they're called the Pride. Not one ounce of lion, like paraphernalia anywhere. Really, I'm pretty me. sure it was a Bible thing. The no. the sin. The sin pride. Okay, well, still. I don't know. Uh, uh, not I one like, ounce. Honestly, I like the pride better in this than in the TV show. In this, it's an actual group of criminals. In the show, the only criminal is uh, one of the dude's dad, and he's an ex gangbanger. The whole huh. reason for the organization is to help uh, an alien dig something up. Spo- sorry, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> dig something up from underneath L.A. That's the whole motivation. Yeah. Um, and it just so happens that the aliens, the father, one of the kids. Well, what for me, what what really didn't make sense at, at the beginning of this was you have these supervillain parents trying to raise their kids to be good people while still and have a normal really life good, yeah. and, ha- and and teaching them values and, and still being super villains. and all this stuff while they're super villains. And it absolutely, it's, to me, that's almost unreconcilable. Yeah. You know why, you know, because you show yeah. at the very opening of the story, you have, you know, six one page stories to introduce each of the kids and their parents. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, you know, and it literally you, you might as well have the dad giving the son noogies yeah. laughing over, you know. Well, and he and was I'm yelling like, at him about is... playing too many online video games. And like, yeah. yeah. Then they, then there's the other parents, Carolina's parents. Yeah. The, the vegans. Yeah. And the she's like, my parents stars. can't be evil. They're vegans. You know, like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> which is as a funny somebody line. somebody who has vegan tattooed on them, that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, you know, that was a funny line, but it's just like. Why? You know, like you said, Roger, it's almost unreconcilable. Like, you can't – it was a very uh, ham-fisted way of of telling the story. I I just – I think it spends more time on the kids in this than it did on the TV show. I mean, for a show called Runaways, it spends a lot of time on the parents, and I don't really care about the parents that much. The only – in this, I care about them more. I mean, uh, Gert's parents are time travelers that – Went to the 82nd century to get a genetically engineered and Carolina's parents are aliens. aliens. Um, God, I can't remember her name. Nico. Nico's parents mm. are weird sorcerers. The jock idiot kid is an actual jock idiot kid with genius parents. In the show, he's actually quite intelligent. Like he invents the gauntlets himself. Oh, see that—that's way cooler. I like him as this better because, I mean, the, in the show, he's too much of a pretty boy to be that smart. I feel like you're getting hung up on the title Runaways. Well, they, it, I mean, these are kids that are knowing that their parents are evil. They're trying to do the right thing mm-hmm. by turning them in. But it would have been more believable if the kids' parents had told them were not the nice people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If, if there if, was no sugarcoating it. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, I, just, I, I, I like it. I enjoy it. I think it's a pretty book. You know, uh, yeah, I would, I would think that if you know if if the story was written in such a uh, fashion as to have the the parents are you know evil supervillains and stuff, and yet they're and life, yet they're trying to groom their kids. kids for that. To, it seems like to, that's what they because that's to what do. they wanted when yeah. they're eighteen. You know that they were supposed to. Well, but you exp- had, 
how do you explain it to them when they're 18 when you hit it from the, their entire life? That yeah, or that what, is a that's problem. it's not going to work. So what, you would think that they would be grooming them. And maybe these kids got together and said, "Look, this isn't this isn't what I want. This isn't right. This isn't you know. This I'm not going to let them define my life." Yeah, I, I would have been okay with that too. But I I like this. Story. That or what they should have done was made it more nuanced. Like not so much that like the parents are evil, but there's this moral moral ambiguity. ambiguity. Maybe they have an ambition that you know they have to do some bad things to That's, try. You know the, the that I would believe a little bit end. more because then it would make sense for them to freak out and be like our parents are evil. Well, you don't understand everything. Right. That's because uh, that seems more a more realistic approach. Because most all kids that's what see that's everything black and white, right? And, white. And, yeah. and go, you know, that's no, that's you're wrong. kind of what happens in the show. I mean, the kids see them sacrificing somebody else. Uh, they don't explain what the sacrifice is in this. I don't know. I kind of care about that a little bit, but that's what turns them is them seeing that their parents yeah. are sacrificing people uh, for an unknown reason. For so an unknown far. reason. Yeah, but. I, I think if they had gone that route, I would have been more on board with this story. Yeah. It doesn't take a whole season for them to run away. <laughs> I'm, I mean, You're I, really hung up on I, his name. It, they're literally oh. the runaways. That's the yeah. team name. Like, you don't think, like, the Avengers avenge everything uh, all That's the time. The That's or the, the point champions. Are they really champions? Not really. They should be. They should be. That's yeah. the point of it. <laughs> That's What's the in a name, Johnny? Uh, Everything. No, not That's really. That's the point of them. I mean, it's like Batman calling himself Batman, but not having any bat paraphernalia. Yeah. Right. Or bat powers. Oh, wait, he doesn't. <laughs> He's got a batarang. <laughs> <laughs> he sees in the dark. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, other, the other thing, there were... He there could were... use echolocation. Who knows? <laughs> That'd be funny, Batman going around clicking. <laughs> <laughs> I suddenly <laughs> want to read that book. Tom King, get on that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um. No, I mean, and it seems like these kids do care about each other. I mean, they seem annoyed they, well, at the beginning. That that wasn't in question. Like the, the the dynamic between the kids was fine. It it was really a lot of it comes down to just how that transition was handled for me. Like with what you said. Uh, okay, I, I understand that. I mean, it, I I what, what it was would be a totally different gonna... dynamic. Well, there were there were a couple other weird scenes that I don't think I don't think were handled all that well like when when nico's mom stabbed her with the staff yeah i don't understand it, why the staff you know, there's this her. one point where you know and she says that she makes some her mom makes some comment like it's not bonding with her or something but she's got this staff like sticking out of her heart yeah. and i think somebody says something about going to the hospital and it's like you know three pages later you're like well wait a minute where's the staff yeah it, yeah, was, it was she was impaled and she talks about being impaled by her mother and all this stuff, but then you know it's not until like a, a full I, chapter I, yeah, later that they show where it went inside she gets of her cut body and and the staff comes out of her body. Yeah. So, and I, I was like, I, at that point, I was like really confused, uh, and they didn't really seem, you know, they they didn't the 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 kids didn't stop and go, what the heck, yeah, you know, <laughs> try to pull the staff out or whatever. Or, you know, say, I mean, they were a little worried about the kid being probably having a concussion, the jock kid, because he did get tased by his dad. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you there's put a lot a, to like about the book. You put a velociraptor from genetically altered from the 82nd century with a nose ring, and I'm sold. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 
I could see that. Uh, I want to swear, but I'm, I'm trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I like, uh, what's her name, Molly being an X-Men, you know, being a mutant. Um, yeah. I liked her parents being mutants. Uh, I like the fact that the parents were actually villains in this. Like, they had some ulterior motive. Uh, the vegans' parents were in New York buying weapons from scrolls. So I'm like, that's that's cool. Yeah. yeah. What I liked about this book is that it made me learn more about the the characters because right now I'm reading Rainbow Rowell's Runaways and I'm liking that a lot, uh, much better than this. But I like knowing more stuff about the characters. Uh, yeah, I don't think this is BKV's strongest. Uh, work for sure. It I was think probably. I, I'd like, agree with you. No, it was I'd probably amazing that. when it was coming out. I could see that. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, I think BKV works better as a mature writer. Also. Yeah. I don't think he does well with with having to censor himself. I think he just yeah. he's in that realm, and it's easier for him to just. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't like the uh, DC joke that they made. Oh, uh, they're from Krypton or whatever. They're, they're they Kryptonite. They're yeah. halfway through Kryptonite. There was so a hat joke in there too. There was. Yeah. I mean, it seems like in Brian K. Vaughn's version of the Marvel Universe, the kids read DC comic books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that means DC is better than Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many listeners oh. just were like had like a screeching heart attack. The, uh, I well, I think I think that I think that uh, Vaughn created some really good characters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, in here not not all of them but most of them i think most of them are are uh great characters and mostly relatable characters uh who's who's the uh, black kid i don't know his damn name what's his name johnny no idea wasn't it jason i don't know he's in like the first two pages mm. yeah so, jason powers <coughs> no no no, you're you're kind of along the right lines, but because he he was the kid who kept his name. Yeah, it's, his end. last name is like W, like Wilson or something like that. Wait, we'd be in the last pages, wouldn't it? I don't know. Yeah, um, what's well, back when they when they're choosing their superhero, their superhero names, names? When they he find says, the squatting place, he says, you know, no, my name is. Alex, isn't it Alex? Uh, yeah, Alex Wilder. Alex, Alex Wilder. Wilder. Yeah, there no. you go. My name is Alex so, Wilder. Wilder, I want to redeem the name. Um, the one thing about you know Alex Wilder's character, where I think that Vaughn really missed the mark, um, was you know his parent because they're like you know, he doesn't have any superpowers. He's right. not a mutant. He doesn't you He's know just super smart. But his parents say there's a, there's a point where his parents say. Oh my God! You know, uh, Alex is like this tactical genius. genius. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, dang that it. really didn't. That really didn't come through. No. In the book. I mean, because um, he's trying to lead him, and he says stuff like, "Hey, you know, Delta Team." Yeah. You know, yeah this is true. Alpha Team, and it's like so he's trying to be all you know Halo or Gears of War or whatever. Yeah. But but he just gets, you know. A lot of you know, he's the first smack one talk get, from he's the from first one friends. that gets knocked out at that fight. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> is. And but I think that if if he was, if you were gonna make if if that's what his job was was to be a tactical genius, you the don't you don't just screen. make him the token. You know, hey, you're gonna be in charge. Yeah. No, if he is, then they go in and they own their parents. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, to really show his strength. 
Well, maybe um, he decided to make them. And maybe the, that comes later. Or maybe, just you the, know, maybe. the kid behind, you know, the kid on the computers. Because, because right, like an Oracle-type character mm-hmm. or something. Um, but I think, you know, at the same time, I think that maybe Vaughn made a decision to say, well, we still want to show these kids as having vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. You know, and the yeah. fact that the fact that they were able to stand up to their parents says something. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I don't know. John, anything else? Uh, I don't know. Like, I think I've said all I wanted to say is I liked it. Uh, it made me, it's making me enjoy Rainbow Rounds thing. Oh, okay, let's rate it. Yeah. Yeah. Three and a half? Three and a half. I'll go four and a half. Three. So I really wanted to rate it, so I don't care. Yeah. Nice. It's good. It's good. But yeah, no, I'm... Sh- I'm buying it. But I, 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 I with you, Johnny. I do think at, at the time that this came out, um, I think that it probably was very, very different. It was a runaway and, hit. Uh, oh, I'm proud of you. You're in that right. Pungent Master badge. Oh, God. I Honestly, I would have rather seen this on TV than what I saw on TV. I like the TV show a lot more. I, I, I would have rather seen this on TV. The, cool. I mean, given more of the kids' powers and seeing their parents as villains instead of the one dude as a villain. Very cool. All right. Check out the show. Trivia time. Yeah. Sweet. Oh, I have that. Do we want to do the – do we do the winners first? Yep. Yep. Okay. The winners of last week's question, which was uh, what was Hawkeye's first appearance and when did he join the Avengers? And Roger, do you know the answer to that? It's like uh, tells tells the suspense, number 57. Uh Uh-huh. And he joined in Avengers 16. He was a bad guy first. Anyway, the comics uh, go to Earl Lloyd. He wins. Congratulations, Congratulations Earl. Earl. Yes. And the first volume of Hawkeye, My Life Has a Weapon, it goes to Nathan Armantrout. Congrats, Congrats Nate, Nate, who will be on next week. Clapping yes. soundtrack. Yay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think I, he never read Hawkeye until I lent him the omnibus, and he really enjoyed it. So That's so good. Yeah. Um, so let's get to trivia for us. Uh, who created the Runaways? Brian K. Vaughn. All right, there you go. <laughs> uh, what was Brian K. Vaughn's first writing credit? Writing credit in comics or in, writing in comics? Ooh, uh, no clue. Uh, Marvel Comics: Tales from the Age of Apocalypse, number two, nineteen ninety six. Wow, interesting. Okay. Uh, now I feel like that should have been the listener question. No, no, I have something. You better. have something better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who established Wildstorm? Jim Lee. And in what year? 1992. Jeez, okay. When did it become part See, of I DC? I was a year old. <laughs> <laughs> when did it become part of DC? Yeah. 2001? 2004. Four? No? 1999. He did it in 99? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. It became an imprint at DC in 99? Yeah, it came to DC in 99. I thought it was not 2001. It did, okay. didn't become an imprint it right away. No, they, no, they owned they, it. Right. And basically, they owned Jim. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what they wanted. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll take your characters too. <laughs> we'll figure out something to do with them. On, like, their indie imprint after they did something really screwed up in that book? I don't want to say what was, they did because it was really, really not good. There was, Wildstorm was published under the DC banner for, for a while, but I still want to say that was several years into the 2000s. But yeah. they, he, they did something that the editor was like, nope, you shouldn't be doing this. We're yeah. not going to have that. And they did it anyway. Uh, uh, I remember that. I, I heard about it. Uh, I think I was on something else yesterday. Okay. When hmm. we're not rolling off. Yeah. Cool. Fill us in. 
Uh, and yeah, that's that's it uh, for the listener question. Uh, when they were first introduced, the Infinity Gems were known as the Soul Gems. Uh, when were they first called the Infinity Gems? What issue? Or what Is comment? this a listener question? Yes. Okay. I don't know the answer, but I was going to attempt to answer that. Oh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, when were the Infinity Gems first called the Infinity Gems? Is this a Googleable answer? Oh, dude. It like you okay. Wikipedia Infinity Gems and they're like, oh yeah, it was Okay. Yeah. Well thanks for breaking it down. Dude, dude come on. Right. We, we tell people to Google <laughs> I know. crap all the time. It's you fine. Sure you trust Wikipedia though, because anybody can I might go into Wikipedia after this. Hey, that's what it. I found on the internet. So the it internet, must be true. Yeah, the internet never lies. It never lies. Joey, never. come on. All right, guys. Uh where can they send in that information? You can uh, send in um, that information along with any questions to contact at allstarcomicspodcast.com. Yes, and, uh, you know, or, you know, whatever memes and, and photoshops you guys like to send us, we see them all, Clay. Right, yes, yes, we <laughs> do. We see them all. <laughs> so if you got something funny to share, just send it our way. Or if you got criticisms, whatever. Yeah. You know? Uh, if you guys like what you're hearing, please rate, review, subscribe, like, and share. Uh, if you want to, you know, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. Yes, we, that helps us a lot. We didn't have any new this week, right? No. Oh, oh. Well, actually, we did have one from Kayla. Oh, it finally posted? Yeah, yeah. If you want me to read it. Go ahead. Let's read Kayla's. Yeah, because. Who's a frequent guest on the show. I think she would be upset if I didn't read it. Uh, so fun to listen to. It feels like you're having a conversation in your local shop. All the guys have a great rapport. Rapport? Rapport. Report with each other. <laughs> Rapport. <laughs> <laughs> and with their guests. <laughs> if you want some recommendations for great comic books, look no further. Thank you, Kayla. Yes, thank you. Um, and, uh, yeah, we appreciate all the reviews, guys. Yes. Um, that helps us out a lot. That makes sure that when you search for something comic-related, yeah. we're, we're in the top. We can beat Neil deGrasse Tyson. We can. Yes. We can. Good luck. Um, hey. Hey. Don't be a downer. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and we did, uh, a little late on this, but we did get a new uh, Patreon. Oh, nice. Um, Morgan Perry. Thank you, Morgan. Yes. Support, so Awesome. Thank you. <coughs> Customer of the shop? No. Oh, wow. Oh, awesome. Not sure. I'm not sure where he is. Awesome. Thank you, Morgan. Yeah. Appreciate that. I'm glad you're listening. Uh, speaking don't... of Patreon, if you guys want to go above and beyond, you can go to patreon.com slash allstarcomicspodcast. You can get on as little as a dollar. Three dollars gets you the exclusive content, Yes, uh, which will be at the end of tonight's episode, Multiversity University. So yes. you guys are going to want to make sure that you stay tuned for that. Um, if you guys want to keep up with everything uh, with the shop, like Horizon Comics on Facebook and follow at Horizon Comics on the Twitters and the Instagrams. I am at St. Jonathan on the Twitters and the Instagrams. If you want to keep up with Johnny. Uh, you can follow me everywhere at the Johnny 2 x 4 and you can also follow uh, my podcast, uh, along with Kayla, is uh, We Love You Pod. We review young adult novels. Uh, you can follow all of our podcasts upcoming at podcat.org. You've been working on that one yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, I can tell. You're a little bit more confident this week. Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm going in swinging. Joey? Uh... If you want to find me on Facebook, it's Joey Naminsky. I'm sure they're going to hopefully spell my name right. Um, it's a lot of extra consonants It's, it's in a there. lot. It's, it's a lot. It's um, Polish? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, Pirate the Creator, underscores in there somewhere. Figure it out. He doesn't post anything except for, you know, every so often. Every so often. Uh, but, I have a Twitter now. But we do we do get the occasional ducks. Go ducks, yeah. Yeah, go ducks. Um, I got a Twitter now. I don't remember what that is because I didn't make the name. <laughs> I think it's like 
spicy pirate or spicy creator. I don't know. It's just me intoxicated in the middle of the night watching oh, weird Lord. stuff. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like, that sounds like your adult film yeah. uh, handle. Spicy. I did not it's I did not pick it. Spicy pirate. Spice spicy creator, spicy pirate. I don't know. I was I don't know if that sounds like an adult film <coughs> handle so much as it does like a move. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm anyway, so down with that. Uh, can we can we end this? Yeah, we we need to <laughs> yeah, at that point. Then. If you want to find it, find it. I yeah. don't care. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Peace. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Multiversity University. I'm your host, Larry Douglas. Now, tonight we are going to be talking about the best-selling character of the Golden Age, and that is Captain Marvel. And for those of you who are a lot younger, no, we're not talking about Carol Danvers or any character called Captain Marvel in the 60s, 70s, or any time since then. We're talking about the original Captain Marvel from back in the 1940s. Now, Captain Marvel got his start in 1940, and he had a little bit of trouble getting out of the gate. Um, Fawcett Publications had this idea for this character, and uh, originally they were going to call him Captain Thunder. And so what Fawcett decided to do is uh, something I'd mentioned last time. They decided to put out an Ashcan edition so that they could secure not only the copyright to the title of the comic that they wanted to use, they wanted to call it Thrill Comics, um, but they also wanted to secure the copyright to the character, Captain Thunder. And so they put out kind of an unusual Ashcan edition. And the reason I say it was unusual is because it didn't, actually contain just reprints of other material that Fawcett had already put out. Instead, it actually contained the first story of Captain Thunder. The problem was that after Fawcett made this Ashcan edition of Thrill Comics number one with Captain Thunder, they found out that there was already another company that had secured the copyright to the title Thrill Comics, and there was already a character named Captain Thunder. And so they couldn't use either of those. They were too late on getting those out. So at that point, they changed the name of the character to Captain Marvel, and they decided to change the name of the comic book to Flash Comics. And so they had originally planned to put out Flash Comics number one with Captain Marvel in it. Problem was that before they got around to putting that out, another company, DC, actually under the name All-American Publications, ended up putting out Flash Comics with The Flash. And so, once again, they uh, they were foiled. So, they ended up uh, changing the name again to Wiz Comics, uh, a title that apparently no one had the copyright to, and they ended up putting Wiz Comics out. Uh, with the first st story, The Origin of Captain Marvel. Now, um, there's a little bit of confusion about what to call that first edition. I've read a lot of articles where they actually refer to it as Wiz Comics number two. However, there is no Wiz Comics number one. And if you look at the Overstreet Price Guide, they actually refer to that first edition as Wiz Comics number one, which I think is the correct way to do it. 
what had happened is that that first Wiz Comics didn't actually have a number on the outside. Um, so no number on the front, front cover at all. But on the inside, if you read the, uh, the publishing indicia, it had a number two in there. And that's because they were carrying that number two over from that first comic that they had originally wanted to call Flash Comics or Thrill Comics. And that continued for the first few issues. Uh, when they came out with issue number two, um, of Wiz Comics, it actually said number two on the front cover, but on the inside it said number three. And the same thing with issue number three and with issue number four. On the outside cover, it had one number. On the inside cover, it had a different one. But finally, with issue number five, they got it straightened out, and they had both a number five on the outside and on the inside. So this is why I think that that first Wiz Comics uh, should be called Wiz Comics number one, like Overstreet does, because otherwise, what number is it? It's you. By the time you get to the fifth issue, you've had five issues of Wiz Comics. So unless you wanted to call that a zero issue, um, it should, in fact, be number one. Now, um, Captain Marvel was extremely popular in the Golden Age. In fact, he was the most popular superhero or character, period, in the Golden Age. He outsold Superman, and when we say that, we're talking about not only his sales in Wiz Comics, where he started, but just like with Superman, a year later, uh, once he had proven his popularity... Uh, Fawcett Publications gave him his own comic, Captain Marvel Adventures. So if you combine the sales in Wiz Comics and Captain Marvel Adventures, you see that he actually outsold Superman's combined sales in Action, uh, Superman, and World's Finest as well. Um, I know on a, uh, one of the podcasts, Heather had mentioned that the best-selling comic single issue of the Golden Age was a Captain America issue that sold for 1.6 million, uh, sold 1.6 million issues, uh, copies, excuse me. But um, Captain Marvel was consistently selling 1.4 million copies uh, with each edition that was put out. Um, Captain America was closer to around a million, as was uh, Superman, a little bit over that. Um, and the thing about Captain Marvel Adventures, it was selling 1.4 million copies with each issue, and for part of the Golden Age, it was actually a bi-weekly comic. So it was selling 1.4 million issues twice a month, uh, which is pretty amazing when you think about that. Now, um, the thing is that DC wasn't obviously too happy about the fact that this character was outselling Superman, their flagship character. And so they decided to try a strategy which had worked twice before for them, and that was they filed a lawsuit against Fawcett saying that Captain Marvel was just too similar to Superman. Fawcett this time, however, decided they were going to fight back. They said, no, he's not similar enough. For one thing, his powers come from magic. They don't come from him being an alien or something like that. And also, uh, they're very different. He's, uh, he's a, a boy named Billy Batson who says this magic word and becomes Captain Marvel. So we're going to go ahead and fight it. So um, it actually took seven years even though DC filed the lawsuit in 1941, it took seven years for it to actually reach court. Um, and in 1948, the case was tried, um, went through the courts for three years. But in 1951, it was ruled that even though 
Captain Marvel was similar to Superman, um, it was ruled that DC had effectively given up the copyright to the character of Superman because there were some issues and some comic strips where they had failed to properly publish the copyright information. And so essentially the judge ruled that Superman was now public domain. Well, DC obviously wasn't going to sit still for that, so they immediately filed an appeal, uh, which ended up being heard in 1952. And in the appeal, the judge ruled that just because DC had made some mistakes in some copyright info, they obviously had no intention of giving up the copyright to the character, so that the it overturned the original ruling. Well, that let stand, though, the ruling that the other judge had made that Captain Marvel was maybe too similar to Superman. Superman. Uh, so Fawcett was looking at possibly losing the case. The problem for Fawcett as well was that Captain Marvel sales had really slumped. He had gone from that high of 1.4 million sales each issue and now was, uh, was much under that, far less than half of that, and really was beginning to lose money. So Fawcett decided rather than losing this lawsuit and possibly going bankrupt, they would just settle with DC, agree to stop publishing Captain Marvel. He wasn't selling that well anyway anymore, and, uh, and they would give DC a nominal $400,000 and call it good. Of course, the ironic thing is that 20 years later, DC would actually end up buying the rights to that character and begin publishing him um, in 1973 under the name Shazam. Uh, but the thing about Captain Marvel is that uh, he was the most popular character of the Golden Age. He was the first character to have a movie made about him. The Adventures of Captain Marvel was a uh, 12-movie serial that was made by Republic Pictures. Um, and, uh, and Captain Marvel was really a ubiquitous character during the Golden Age. Uh, and it's, it's easy to understand uh, how he was. I mean, after all, a lot of young boys are reading that. Billy Batson was a young boy. Um, and Captain Marvel and his whole family that they ended up coming up with, with Captain Marvel Jr., Mary Marvel, and all that, were probably the inspiration for DC to eventually start putting out Superboy and Supergirl. So he did have quite an influence. Um, of course, now we know Captain Marvel is a different character, but whenever we're talking about that 1940s character, we should give him his due and call him by his original name, Captain Marvel. So, thanks for joining us, and I'll look forward to talking to you next time as we move into 1941. I feel good now that I'm back in my chair, now that I usurped that, um... It's, David you don't serve anything, John, if <laughs> it's already yours. <laughs> I don't know what the word is. Um, Blake's going to come by, apparently, and oh, sweet. hang out. What time okay. is it? He's down the street. Oh, okay. That makes sense. It's okay that the door's locked, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Could you just imagine, like, guys, please let like, me in. Please. Who is this? <laughs> Should we wait for him? What he's at doing? the light. Oh, okay. He's, then, yeah, we'll just keep. These lights have been slow or fast lately. Slower fast? They've been. He's at what light? Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just. Don't you just there. turn right? <laughs> yeah. Or. <laughs> it's, but it's Blake, though. You have yeah, to understand. I wouldn't be surprised that comes, if he was. That comes with a couple extra <laughs> thought, thought patterns. Do, hey, do you want to hear my text tone? Or have you already heard it? I think I heard it earlier. Okay.
Owen Wilson. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Because <laughs> why not? Wow. Blake, where are you? I know. We've been recording for 10 minutes. <sighs> <sighs> well. Tell him this SD card only has room for 31 hours. <laughs> I'll get right on that. Yeah, all right. I ate like 12 hot wings. It was really good. Which ones? Uh, I think Kayla got them from BJ's. Oh, BJ's are pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Really? I've never had wings from BJ's. They're, they're, they're decent. I My favorite ones are still from Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm. Nope, I'm over B-dubs. Uh, like B-dubs it, wings are the worst in town. Really? Well, second worst. I had, well, last night we went to Chili's and I tried their smoked wings. Mm-hmm. Bone-in smoked wings. They were ridiculously bad. I mean, they were burnt. Pretty much. Um, but uh, Applebee's their, their doesn't have bad wings. Really I think I like their sauce more than their like their wings are okay. Like Buffalo Wild Wings is good, but is fine. But like their sauce, I really like. There was a, a place out on the east side called Buffalo Cafe. Yeah. Oh, right. dude, I miss that place so much. That's They're, where the, that's where the Waffle House is. Yeah, yes, that's where business. the yeah yeah. There they had a lemon pepper wing sauce that was like a it wasn't a dry it was like a buttery type of melted onto it. F- hands down the best yeah i'm, I'm in love I with love the those. wing stop but the one that's over here yeah the one that's on uh in palmdale yep. i think on the east by, side by on, sam's club or the mall or no 20, it's by uh, on 25th and s yeah 25th and s oh that place sucks but the one that's over here is so good cool i Are like their ready? fries anyway yeah we're ready hello blake hello johnny remember you guys are recording Blake, you gonna scratch my back? You want me to? Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's the stinger right there, Johnny. If that's not it, I'm gonna be disappointed in you. No, that's fine. (laughs) That's perfect. You gotta find like right where that begins. I got it. Oh, I'm holding a fart. Oh, you you really you. should consider going to school for that. (laughs) Or, or. <laughs> or watch a YouTube video or something. <laughs> that that did nothing for me. Oh my god! <laughs> That's what my ex-wife used to say. <laughs> Is it too late to tap out of this and just go home? I don't know if I can handle it now. <laughs> yeah, now we have to go. All right. All right.